Can you imagine Christmas without Christ? As God's children, we must realize that without Jesus, there's no redemption, no salvation, no hope for eternal life in the Father's presence, and no Christmas. Join us today as Pastor Rander teaches how God, in His wisdom, sent Jesus to dwell among us and save us in this message, Emmanuel. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Our death. Oh, this is just, oh, God, help me. Jesus died to fulfill prophecy that spoke of his death. Jesus fulfilled prophecies that spoke of his death. Isaiah 53, 12b. Isaiah 53, 12b, it says, Because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, huh? and made intercession for the transgressors. How do you make intercession? You say, well, how did he make intercession? Intercession? Uh, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they what. And he was doing that for those who were uh, who, who were sinning against him. Tra- they were transgressors. Uh, Father, forgive them. Christ died that we might live if we would only trust Jesus Christ alone by grace through faith. He died that we would live. If he had not come, had not died, we would not have life eternally. Then Jesus spoke, uh, the prophecy spoke of Jesus' resurrection. There was prophecies concerning Jesus' resurrection. Uh, Jesus fulfilled prophecies that spoke of his resurrection. Psalms 16, 9 through 10. Psalms 16, chapter 16, verses 9 and 10. It says, therefore, my heart is glad. And my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Oh my God, that's that's awesome. In other words, Jesus did not stay in that grave. We have hope beyond the grave because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have hope beyond the grave. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this year, a whole lot of us have lost loved ones or friends, relatives or whomever. But when when we go to funerals or memorial services or whatever we go to, we can realize that we can grieve, but not as if we have no hope. Because Jesus Christ took the sting uh, from death and victory from the grave. And we can rejoice in in the God who took away the sting of death. Number two, Jesus came to save lost humanity. So, so Jesus came to fulfill prophecy. Now we are, the big idea is that Jesus came to save lost humanity from sin. That's why he came. He came to save lost humanity from sin. Matthew one twenty one says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will what? Save his people from their sins. And let me tell you something. Jesus didn't come to save the environment. Now, we, we, ought, to, we, 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 we ought to be good stewards of the environment. We ought to have, seek to have clean air. You know, you know, I don't care nothing about these folk with global warming and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not getting into all of that. God controls everything. Amen. God controls everything. So I think, we, I think we ought to be good stewards over it, but we ought not become fanatics. We ought not abuse God's creation. 
We ought to appreciate what God has blessed us with for his glory and our good. But Jesus didn't come to save the environment. Jesus didn't come to save endangered species. You know, a lot of folks save the whale, save the cuckoo bird, save the nutcracker, save, just save the fly, save, save the whale, save Shamu, save the deer. All those deer out in our neighborhood. I said, look at all them bambies. Where's my gun? Deer everywhere. I said, where's my, I mean, that's deer meat. Somebody talking about don't, don't, you know, we, what you call that? We don't believe in killing animals. I said, you'd have died uh, 50, 100 years ago. You didn't hunt. You didn't eat. You didn't go fishing. You didn't raise crop. Wasn't no HEBs and Walmarts. Amen. You went out there and you shot that rabbit. You shot that squirrel. Now you, you quails and all those things. And you ate. That's right. Won't y'all say amen? Wasn't freezers, you had smokehouses. Anybody know about smokehouses? You kill that meat and salt it down, put it out there in that smokehouse. It wasn't no proof house. It was just a little tin shack. But they, they fixed that meat, grandma, a certain kind of way. And you ate good. And that meat was good. Wasn't no freezers. Wasn't freezers. Wasn't no freezers. You did that. You went under the, you went under the house and got the eggs. Uh, and you got those eggs and you ate. You, you killed that pig too. Got you some ham. You, you ran that chicken down and you put them up, cleaned them out. Anybody, these young folk don't know about that. You clean them up. You don't just, you put them up and work all of it. Impurities out of them. Then you kill them. And then you clean, you clean them and pluck, pluck them and all that. Fry them and eat it. Some of people talking about, I can't eat that chicken. She, I just saw that chicken running around here. You, you died. <laughs> you died. We got pests today that would have been eaten yesterday. Save, just save this and save that. You know, just save, save everything. But you know what? But matter what, we want to save all and won't save babies. We won't save everything. Won't save babies. It's, you know, you better not mess with those eagles. You better not mess with an eagle, an eagle's egg. That eggs you better not mess with. But we kill babies and don't think nothing of it. Don't kill nothing. Don't kill. We kill them and don't even. And, 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 and kill babies to, to keep from being embarrassed. Mary had that baby, even though she she was willing to suffer embarrassment to have a baby that wasn't uh, that, that that a man didn't have a part of. Now, how's she gonna tell a town community I'm pregnant and no, no man have anything to do with it? There wasn't no in vitro fertilization and all that stuff back then. Y'all you know, did stuff in dishes and they mixed the stuff up. It wasn't all that stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. What none of that. She would go out in the neighborhood. Well, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And, and God did it. She got, now, you know, that's, that, that's blasphemy. They, 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 they killed that girl. They, they, you know what? They say, you lying. We never heard of that. Just say you sinned. We're going to stone you to death. You know? And yet they save all these other things, save the air, save everything. And then Jesus didn't come to overthrow the political system. Did not do that. You know, he could have overthrown the system of his day, uh, but, but he did not do that. 
And I'm gonna, I preach the word, but my, my premise, I, I am, I am not going to get out this pulpit and run for anybody's office. Amen. Now you, that's, you can do it. You say, why don't he do more? Won't you do more? You go get in it. Amen. And if you be, and if you stand for Jesus and don't lose your convictions as you run, we, amen. I, I support you. I can't be all things to all people. Folk need saving and you can't save folk through politics. Oh God. You can't legislate hell out of folk. You can't legislate sin out of folk. You say, well, let's educate them. That's what they're doing in jail. They're educating them, but rehab doesn't bring about transformation. That's why they try to kick us out the jails. Because the devil knows we got the real source. Jesus, the gospel, brings change. Come out of rehab devil. Yeah, man. You try, I got more education. I'm all right. No, you're not. You're just a more clever devil. If you're not, if you don't get that tempered and transformed by the Holy Ghost, you're just a clever devil. See, we, we use all this. You can't, we use this secular stuff to accomplish a spiritual end. Oh, y'all hanging with me. I, I'm lost nobody. I'm getting cranked up now. He, Jesus didn't come for the environment. He didn't come for endangered species. He, species. He did not come for the, the, to overthrow the political system. Jesus wasn't a Republican. He wasn't a Democrat. He wasn't whatever is out there. He came to save sinners. He came to save sinners. He will save. Say save. You will save me, rescue. That's right. Deliver. You in the fire, and I dash in that fire and drag you out there. You drowning, and I jump in there. But don't depend me to do it. I drown with you. I, you don't go, I can't help you. I can't. I drown. I go there and say, we both going down. Get somebody. Don't get me, but I'm just, I'm really analogizing now. But jump in there and bring you out. You know, I, I have saved you. I've saved you. And you say, that's, that's rescue. That's self. And that's what Jesus did. He came to save sinners. Luke 19, 19, 10. Luke, the gospel of Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to what? Save that which was lost. John 10, 10 says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus, I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. John 129, I love this, the gospel of John 129 says, the next day, John saw Jesus. Ooh, God Almighty. John, 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 John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin of the world. The Lamb of God. The sin. He came to save us from our sins. That's why we, everybody under my voice, I ought to know why we celebrate Christmas. 
We celebrate the fact that Jesus was born to save us from our sins. Number three, God sent Emmanuel because of his sacrificial love for mankind. God sent Emmanuel because of his what? Sacrificial love for mankind. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believeth in him should not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. God loves us with an unconditional love. If he did not, we'd all be in a whole bunch of trouble. There is, he loved us with a, in spite of ourselves. He loved us with an unconditional love. There is nothing you can do to make God love you any more or any less. Nothing you can do. He loves you as much as he can love you right now. I don't care how bad. You say, at my worst, he lo-. Yes. Now, that's hard for people to do. But God loves us at our best and at our worst. As a matter of fact, even when he chastens us, he chastens us in love. Even when we go, even if some choose to go to hell, he'll love you to hell. You see that? He'll stop loving you. He'll love you. Say, if you were so hell bent on rejecting me, I will love you enough to give you what you want. That's big. I love you enough to give you what you want. I'll give you what you asked for only for you to discover you didn't know what you were asking for. Oh God. This is a, this is something in this message. Number four. God sent Jesus to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. This is powerful. God sent Jesus to what? Redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions as sons. Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. I I know it's on the screen, but please turn there. Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, uh, born under the law. You see, it was, uh, it was born under the law to redeem those who were what? Under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Say adoption. Underline that word. That's a beautiful word. Adoption. Adoption is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. It it, it is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. And that's a beautiful thing when you can have couples who can have children and they decide to adopt a child and choose a child and love a child like God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Adoption, or you may have children, but you just want to reach out and love another child. It's not that you can't have children. You just want another child to come in your family who would, who would, who needs a, who needs parents in a loving environment. Adoption is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. Since we were all born a child of the devil, the only way we can become God's children is through spiritual adoption. All of us were born a child of the devil. I don't care how cute that baby is. That baby's still lost. Now, if that did, now you said, what if my baby die, died when he was a baby? She was a baby. That baby would automatically go to heaven because that baby was not able to make a rational decision to, to accept or reject the Lord Jesus Christ. David, at the, at the death of his baby, said, um, uh, I, uh, he can't come to me, but I can go to him. You know, so babies and those 
uh, those who are mentally challenged and can't make those kinds of decisions, God has a special place in the arms of Jesus for them. Amen. Adoption is so beautiful and we need so many more people to adopt. Some people try over and over and over for years and years and years to have a child. Well, I'm not going to adopt. I'm still waiting. And usually a whole lot of times uh, when you decide to adopt, then you get pregnant. That happens a lot too. There are many cases about that. And sometimes people have them late. We have a couple here had twins late. And uh, sometimes children come early or whatever happens. Um, God is in control. Um, I never forget my wife. When, when I started dating her, she said, I want you to know one thing. I said, what's that? I can't have children. And I said, well, we'll just let God take care of that. I did not want to be with her because she couldn't have children. I said, God can work out anything. I mean, with God, what? All things are possible. You look how y'all, li- y'all like these personal illustrations. Y'all listen real good. So we had the first one and the child died about eight months in pregnancy. I was teaching school, took the kids to Beaumont on a train trip. I was teaching school. They told Mr. Draper, go to the hospital. And I went to the hospital and we lost that first child. We should have. We got one in glory and we have two here. And uh, she was a little girl. She would have been our, our oldest. And uh, she's, she's, in, she's in heaven and we will see her. We will see her there. But then we had later on, here come Andrea. And here come Randy. And I said, oh, God, here they come. <laughs> what about this business about you couldn't have no children? And Randy came so quick. I said, now, who did that? <laughs> so, so, so I don't make those kind of, but if we couldn't have, couldn't have had a child, we would have, we would adopt. And then we have, then we did adopt another way. Gerald came into our home with nowhere to stay, homeless, nowhere, very poor. And God brought him into our family, and uh, he has a child that's taken on our name, and his children come over, and they get things under the tree, and we treat them as our own because they are our own. He stayed in our house until he went to college, went off. But what I'm saying is that there are a whole lot of ways you can adopt and love on children. You see, God did not send it says, look, look what it says. But when, look at Galatians 4, 4. That's why I want you to turn to it. But when the fullness of time had come. I, let me say that again. But when the fullness of time had come. One more time. But when, underline that, underline it. But when the fullness of time. I got a label with this. God did not send his son Jesus too early. Nor did he send him too late. Jesus came into the world at just the right time in human history. He didn't come too early, didn't come too late. And they had been looking for him. A lot of folk died looking for Jesus. Just like we may die looking for the rapture. But that's all right. If the rapture don't come, to be, to be absent in the body, still to be what? Present with the Lord. So we still go be with him. He did not come too late or too early. I'm going to tell you something. some big spiritual implications on this. We are most effective and productive in the kingdom as we wait on the Lord to give us divine permission to carry out our assignment. I repeat that. We are most what? Effective and productive in the kingdom as we wait on the Lord. You know why we make a mess? We don't wait on the Lord. To give us divine permission to carry out our assignment. 
Refuse to allow people to pressure or remove you from his perfect will for your life. You know, people can pressure you right out the will of God. You, you got these girls dating these boys or these boys dating these girls. If you love me, you'll lay with me. That's pressure. You say you get out of him. I'm a wait because I don't need babies right now. I don't need venereal diseases. And I, don't need, I never heard a person said, I regretted obeying God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I never heard a person say, you know, I obeyed God and I regret it. But I heard a lot of folks say, God's word said this, and I rebelliously chose not to do it. I heard what my mama said. I heard what my pastor said. I heard what the Sunday school teacher said. But I listened to what my friends said. I listened to what that college professor who not even saved said. Yeah, I, I listened to that sweet-talking boy blowing his sour air in my ear. And blew me up and can't find him to even get child support. Uh 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 uh. All I'm saying is this I've never heard anybody say, I, re- I regretted obeying God. Refuse to allow people to pressure or remove you from his perfect will for your life. D, doing the right thing at the wrong time will interfere with God's plan for your life. When you do the right thing at the wrong time, wrong time, maybe a good thing, but it's the wrong time, you, you interfere with God's plan for your life. And you'll create heartache, depression. What you did was good, but it wasn't time for it. Some of y'all come in the house blowing off steam, uh, uh, different things. You know, you bring up issues at the wrong time instead of waiting on the Lord. And when you're not operating in God's timing, here comes depression and setbacks. And you know what else? Even chastisement from God. Even though the thing is right, if you do it before the time, you can get chastened for it. Jesus often said in his ministry, my time has not come. What are some decisions? What are some decisions? What are some decisions people make before the time? Some people buy a house before the time they, they, and, and they buy before the time only to have it uh, uh, foreclosed or whatever and foreclosure, whatever. Now, sometimes people can buy a house and then lose a job after they buy the house. I'm not talking about situations like that. Sometimes you just didn't wait on God. The issue wasn't the job issue. It was just the issue was a timing issue. You know, sometimes you have to wait. And just because somebody else get blessed with a home now don't mean it's your time too. stay, stay where you are a little while longer. And breathe easy. Some of you buy cars before the time. And sometimes it's the wrong car. A lemon. Some of you leave or accept a job before the time. You know, you can leave a good job uh, that God didn't release you from. And uh, you left assuming that that next job is going to be a better job. And it was to your heartache and pain. I'm going to say something else big here. I don't know. God sent me all kind of direction. Y'all listening pretty good today. <laughs> don't you, unless you're in the military and you signed a contract and took the oath of office, it's better not to, you know, make a vow than make a vow and not keep it. Now you say, well, you know what? Uh, I, 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 I committed to Uncle Sam, so now I ain't going to do it. No, you got, you made that commitment, you do it. I'm not talking about that. 
But a lot of times you say, my job moved me here and moved me there and moved me there. You better make sure God is in it. Amen. Because God can keep you without that job. Sometimes God will bring you to a certain place like God used that, that fish to bring Jonah to Nineveh and spit him out right there. God will bring you because he wants you to do ministry there, be there. And just because the job moved doesn't obligate you to move. Sometimes you have to tell that job bye because God has a bigger plan. Y'all look at it. Y'all looking at me kind of crazy because you say that's my job. It's going to Alaska, New York. Yeah. Well, you better make sure God is going there with you. Oh, y'all, how many of y'all understand what I'm saying? You listen to the spirit. Your boss is not your God. God can keep you without that job, with that job. How many of you been laid off and seen God take care of you? Anybody been laid off and, and in the spirit? How many of you missed a meal when you were laid off? I mean, did you still eat? You probably gained a pound or two being laid off. That's the goodness of God. Say amen. You don't move when people say move. You move when God, now God, if God tell you to move and he's using that job uh, to endorse that as your sign or whatever, that's fine. But don't you move without your sign from God. Uh, reload. And some of you, been in, try, you try your best to get back to where you came from. Oh, God. I'm, I, that's not even up there. You, and, and, and listen, you go back there. Have you been back to where you came from and, and then you got glad that you left? How many of you glad that you left where you came from? I'm so glad I left where I came from. If I had stayed back there, no telling what I'd been, I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't be where I am now. I'd been a mess. I'm so glad I got out off of Kaplan Street. You know, I thank God for keeping me and all that. But when I go back and see how those folk looking and don't, and don't go to a high school reunion, you can't even recognize them folk. They all beat up. Teeth all out, bags all under their eyes, 300 pounds more. I mean, they look bad. I'm walking all in there, feisty and moving all around. And those in there on canes. Those high school reunions can be depressing. And the fact of the matter is they stayed in the hood too long. Oh, God, it be all. I'm telling you, this is going to be a, this is going to be a series. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.